Shining Star by Earth, Wind, and Fire. It was a tune that was on their January 1975 record that remains one of my all-time favorite records. It was my go-to piece of music for illustrating the quality of a sound system when I was working at a stereo shop in 1975. And the name of the record, That's the Way of the World. It's a new episode, Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here. Glad that you clicked play. You know, during my first few months at this brand new job, this first job where I wasn't working for my dad, I had a routine. I would get out of class, I would drive to work, and within minutes of walking into the hi-fi shop, I would make my way to one of the sound rooms. We had actual sound rooms, about four of them. Uh, They had different equipment in each one, different speakers and the whole bit. And each room had sliding glass patio doors. I'd go inside, I'd close the door behind me, I'd go get the record, I'd slip the vinyl out of the jacket, I'd put the record on the turntable, I would grab a record cleaner called disc washer, I'd clean the record, I would lower the tone arm, I'd turn up the volume knob on the amp, and I would enjoy earth, wind, and fire sing their famous song, Shining Star. It's a terrific record. You're a shining star, no matter who you are. Shining bright to see what you can truly be. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. Let's just get the obvious out of the way. Not everybody has the same brilliance in their shine. Well, truth is... Not everybody's got shine. There are humans who roam the planet who are, you know, got a matte finish, don't have a gloss, high gloss finish, dull, wasted lives. They're they're proof of it. Here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, you can drive around, and if you're in any major thoroughfare, you're going to see homeless folks. You are going to see people who are on the street and have been on the street in many cases for very long, a very long time. And you will see lifeless eyes. You will see emotionless expressions thanks to alcohol and fentanyl and other narc. Have you seen, have you seen these videos? They, they first really popped up this past summer. These videos, I think they're in the Bay area, San Francisco. It's like this entire block and fentanyl has just, overtaken this area and it's just throngs of people and they are just i mean there's zombies it's just zombie town it's really depressing and there are there are too many people who are living that life no they're not shining stars could they be maybe they once were i don't know And then there are other people, and they're so bright that, you know, we have a hard time even looking at them, listening to them. I know this. Whatever the degree of shine is, however you choose to measure that, we've overcome adversities that few people fully know, few people fully understand. Maybe nobody knows. We all have. People who have just determined that we're going to do our dead-level best to find a path forward and we're going to try our best to reach a higher orbit where, okay, where shining people reside. What that looks like and what that, how you measure that, that's, you can decide that. I'm, I'm not even going to bother talking about it. I do notice the pronouns because I notice that the lyric isn't, I'm a shining star no matter who I am. Okay, well, that doesn't have a ring to it, so it wouldn't even make sense for a song. But do you notice pronouns? And I'm not talking about he, him, she, her. I don't mean those pronouns. That's all hogwash and garbage. You are, you're, 
isn't the same as I'm or I am. But the, no matter who you are, the, the no matter who you are is inclusive, right? I mean, the no matter who you are means you can do you can do it if you want to be. If you want to shine, you can shine. Again, what does that mean? You decide. No, I'm not. I'm never going to advocate. You can be anything you want to be. That's just not true. Nor am I going to advocate that something works all the time. Do this and you two will have success. No, that's just blatantly not true. But no matter who we are, we can shine. And no matter who we are, we can find a way to shine more brightly. I believe that. It's my worldview. Now, I understand that in our heads, we don't often think or feel like shining stars. I'm, I'm not going to tell you that today I feel like I'm at my brightest. I, I don't. And I'm like you. It can be real easy to see other people as, man, you know, look at them. Man, they're shining bright. A lot brighter than anything I could shine about. I mean, it's just easy. It's easy to focus on what we don't have. It's easy to focus on who we aren't. It's harder to focus on what we do have. It's harder to focus on what we need to do, what we should do. And too many times we don't behave in ways that are best for us so that we can shine. I've noodled around with this particular episode, and the only reason I know this is because the particular software that I use for the website is WordPress. WordPress is just a it's a blog thing, and there's a dashboard, and the dashboard in WordPress looks much like Microsoft Word. And you go in and you can type out stuff that you'll maybe you'll publish and before you publish, you save it as a draft, just like you would in Word, like before you hit print or save it as a PDF. And you got these dates. It it tracks when were you here last? When did you edit this thing last? When did you start this thing? And so that's the only reason that I know I've been noodling around with it for three years. It's not like I'm sitting here paying attention to that, but I got to looking. I thought, man. Why haven't I done anything with this? But I got to looking at some of the dates and, okay, I I would come back to it and I would think about it. I'd write a little bit. I would add to it and then I would abandon it and I'd circle back around to it at some point later. I don't know why. I got a whole lot of posts, by the way, at at my website that are just like that. And it's not usually because I just don't like the topic. I normally don't even start a draft if it's something I don't care that much about. I'm supposing I just got distracted, you know, got distracted with some other things. Some other things came to the bubble to the top of my mind. I don't know. I did come and look that at some point I did some editing and I got to looking through the notes of of it. And I did some things just after Rhonda's last birthday. Her birthday is on June 10th. And I'm suspecting that her birthday kind of rekindled my interest because, well, come on, for me, as her husband of going on 40, almost 46 years, yeah, I mean, I've got a, I got a shining star. She's definitely a shining star. You know, I used to whip her with a letter on her birthday. I don't mean the letter R and I don't mean a literal whipping, um, a handwritten or, well, in more modern times, it's been a typed out letter. And sometimes these would be multiple pages. I'm a writer. I mean, it's kind of what I do. Hadn't done that in the last couple of years because I know it just completely whips her. I mean, it just, it just beats her down. You know, she isn't nearly as sappy, not nearly as romantic, not nearly as sentimental as I am. I'm not saying that disparagingly. It's just true. You know, of the two of us, I'm... I am far and away more that way than she has ever been. And I love her anyway. (laughs) Um, I don't know. So I'm looking back, I'm looking back at the draft and I'm, you know, this past summer I had done some noodling around with this particular 
thought and idea. And so here we are in October and I'm like, you know, let's just close the loop on this thing. And the problem with a three-year time period like that is I'm not sure what I had in mind when I started, but it's, it's kind of interesting as I look behind the scenes here and I look at the, I look at the draft and I look at the versions and I'm like, okay, well, you know, when you, when it's been three years, you got no way of remembering, have no way of remembering why I don't know what I even had in mind when I started the thing, but clearly there's enough notes in here about how comparisonitis is killing us. And I've talked at length about that, you know, and it's so easy for us to do. It's just so easy for us to look at other people and then judge ourselves based on that. And it seems to me that it's especially rampant during the summer. And that's when I came back and had done some heavy revisiting of this post, this subject, this episode, because during the summer months, we're off and it's vacation time and man alive. Instagram just blows up. Doesn't it during vacation months? I mean, people are posting pictures of where they've been and all the cool stuff they're doing. And I got to watching that this past summer. I've long paid attention to that. But this summer, for whatever reason, it especially jumped out at me. People who were posting all kinds of pictures of all kinds of places. And I would would watch conversations happen between people as people were talking about their vacation and maybe even showing pictures. And then you'd see it in the comments, especially on Instagram. And you, (laughs) I'm mindful that there are people who can view with great envy these things. People who just, they can't afford what maybe even some of their friends can afford. And I remember thinking as a kid, and, and when we took vacations, they were largely centered around, you know, some big kind of church meetings and I'm not saying that we didn't, we didn't make some cool trips, but most of those we made probably when I was too young to much remember I don't ever remember feeling too terribly deprived, but it was a different world then. And largely the people in the neighborhood that I knew when they went on vacation, they, they went back home, you know, and home may have been Indianapolis. It may have been some of the place than where we were many States away. And they went back home, they visited family and whatnot. It was pretty rare. I just, I remember it being extremely rare to run into somebody that, Hey, you know, we went to Disneyland or we went to Yellowstone or it would happen once in a while, but man, today we're some traveling Jesse's today, man. And we're spending some big bucks and we're going to some nice, nice places. And I don't know. I just got to looking at that and I got to thinking about it when it comes to us comparing ourselves with other people and we don't compare ourselves to the people that they can't afford to leave town. I mean, they, they couldn't afford to even drive out to the suburbs from the inner city. We're not, we don't think about that. We're thinking about the people who made some trip that we can't make. Uh-huh. All right, man, man, look at that cruise. Look at this tropical place where they went, man, we've never been there. And wouldn't it be great? And those are the people we want to compare ourselves to, you know, and as I want to do. I'm thinking about all these things and a variety of who knows, whatever else. And I'm coming back to this post. I'm thinking about this post. I'm thinking about you're a shining star no matter who you are. And I'm thinking about that's the way of the world. And I don't know. I've just got this confluence of all kinds of stuff floating around in my head. And, you know, I'm just starting from the starting point for me is, you know, this person that I love very much, uh, my wife of over 40 years and, thinking about the last birthday that she had this past summer and thinking about, you know, the celebration of, of, of life. And, and yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm playing earth, wind and fire. I'm playing. That's the way of the world in the headphones. I was playing the record. Like I said, at the outset, as soon as it came out in January, 1975, this is important because here's the context. Rhonda and I would not go out on our first date until July the 2nd, that same year, 1975. So from January 75 to July 75, I've been listening to this record almost every day because I was working six days a week. 
I was going to school, working six to, and I'm I'm listening to "That's the Way of the World" by Earth, Wind, and Fire. I promise you, I'm listening to it every day that I went to work. I, now I didn't listen to it in my car. Eight tracks were the musical form factor in cars at the time. I did not ha- have this record as an eight track. I would only listen to this on vinyl, and I only listened to it on good sound systems at work. I can't tell you why. I mean, come on. It, it's it, listen to the record. It, it's, it's funk. And it, it, you could argue this would be great driving music, but funk and Motown just were not part of the musical mix that was deployed by me while driving in 1975. And that's only important because during my first dates with Rhonda, Music by Jackson Brown, Poco, and Pure Prairie League, these were the go-to artists. Because I learned really quickly that her musical taste and her musical experiences were they, were, they were fairly limited. They were not terribly congruent with my own. We, we did not come from the same place musically. It didn't matter. I mean, I fell in love with her quickly despite that fact. And despite the fact that I didn't own a single Beach Boys 8-track, she loved the Beach Boys. Nor did I own a Beach Boys record. And, of course, I'm in the summer of 75, I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm, I'm not going to impose Lou Reed. I'm not going to impose Led Zeppelin. I'm not going to impose Little Feet on this girl right away. Huh. Earth, Wind, and Fire were on break during that July 4th holiday of 1975 because well, I'm in my car. We're both in Oklahoma. We're at a church meeting. I'm living in southern Louisiana. She's living in Fort Worth, Texas. I mean, it's there's no turntable around. It's This is car. This is eight-track time. Now, the rest of the year, Earth, Wind, and Fire, I can tell you, had a really prominent place in my life. And so as I ventured back to Baton Rouge and I'm going back to school and I'm working at the hi-fi shop and now I'm away from this girl that I've, I'm completely smitten by, and I'm writing letters to her every day. And Earth, Wind, and Fire, there's little doubt. Earth, Wind, and Fire, that's the way of the world. That record kind of helped me get through. I mean, it's uplifting. It's funky. It's the kind of music that you just you can't stay still and listen to That's the Way of the World by Earth, Wind, and Fire. It still has that power. Rhonda was. She still is a shining star. And I'm hoping, I'm supposing that you've got one too. This is important stuff. This is the definition of shining star. This is, we're talking about people. You know, I slap the headphones on and I'm listening to this song. I don't know, three times in a row, maybe while thinking about today's show. And toward the end of the song, when the instruments, they go quiet and all you hear is the vocal harmonies, it dawned on me that a big, big part of what drives us, I think, what drives us as humans is to be. I could be wrong about this, but I'm going to speculate here that we, we want to be, we want to be a shining star to somebody. Yeah, there's no doubt we want a shining star in our life, but my belief is we we desperately are yearning to be. We want to be a shining star to somebody. You know, and I'm thinking about this. I don't know why we we seem to lean toward doing the opposite of what's good for us, what's best for us. Well, because it's easy, right? I mean, sin is easier than righteousness for sure. And I'm certainly not thinking that finding somebody who's our shining star is bad for us. That's not the point. But maybe it can dominate our thinking that we're looking for somebody to be that for us as opposed to thinking, well, wait a minute, what what work am I putting in so that I can be a shining star for somebody else? And And the reality, I think, I could be wrong, but I think the reality is, we want both. I think we have a yearning for both. I'm hopeful that with Rhonda, I kill two birds with one stone. I'm hoping that she's my shining star, and I'm hoping that I'm her shining star. I mean, come on, there's a little doubt. Some days I figure I'm more like space trash. 
Yeah, today might be one of those days. Maybe today's a space trash kind of day. You haven't, you, you've got those. We've all got those. And it's a little bit like preschool and maybe first, second grade, however old you were, you know, you, when you earn a star. Remember earning stars in school? Are you old enough that you earned a star for whatever? I mean, come on, we got to earn our star every day, every day. And there's little doubt that some days it's discouraging. I'm aware of that. I've talked about it in recent episodes. We, we have problems. We have bad days. We can, we can let a bad day define us. We can let a bad day turn into way more. Go back and listen to last week. I hope that's not the case. So I'm keenly aware of people who are suffering because I can tell you straight up trouble attracts me. Now, I don't mean I'm not hanging a crate by saying that. I don't mean my trouble. I just, it's just like a magnet. It's who I am. You know, coach, counselor, service provider, helper. I don't know. Pick, Pick any description like that, that you prefer. They all apply to me because I got spidey senses. I have super duper spidey senses when it comes to this. My intuition is always on full alert without any effort. I don't turn it on and I can't turn it off. Believe me, I've, I have spent some time trying to figure out if I could turn it off. I'm just on full alert for folks who need help to get a leg up and I'm, I'm quick to respond. It's, you know, it's like a reflex. It's just pretty automatic you know last week we talked about how some folks relish having a bad day and they there are people who just enjoy making that their identity who they love being a victim i usually steer pretty clear of folks like that i'm sometimes in situations where i can't you know i gotta be nice and and i am i'm attracted to folks who are quietly suffering, quietly enduring. And it's like, nobody knows. I mean, there's this vibe that I get knowing somebody's going through a hard time. I can't explain it. I don't even fully understand it. The best I can tell you is from all my study and all my observations, all my reading is that as humans, we have these micro signals that we give off. We have this micro body language. I can't explain it. There are some people, I haven't met very many, but I've met a few, very, very few, who are like me because we talk about it. We we just we we evidently just pick up these most subtle signals. I there's I don't think there's nothing magical about it. It it may look like magic, but it's not. It's just interesting to me how other people don't see it. Because it just it is blindingly obvious to me. Now, I've learned not to intrude or to impose. So instead, what I do is I just politely inquire. And really, that's usually all that is necessary to break the dam and begin this conversation because I've just learned that like craving to have a shining star, craving to be a shining star, people are also craving somebody they can confide in. Safe harbors. Safe harbors are inviting. They are rare, 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 but they are inviting. And come on, when you're a no-talent hack like me, you got to lean hard into the one trick that you got. When you're a one-trick pony, I mean, come on, ride the trick for all it's worth. This is my trick. And without this trick, I might be space trash. My point, my point is, though, with this trick... Well, with this trick, I can be a shining star. I mean, for somebody. You know I'm fond of the parable of the starfish, so ah, there's other places that you can see that. Google it if you want, the parable of the starfish. Uh, And it just so typifies the way that I look at life. But I'm thinking about this episode, and I'm wondering, okay, three years ago, what, what was kind of what was the intent? And I'm thinking about being a shining star, and I'm thinking about the title of this song, I'm thinking about the title of the record. That's the way of the world. And I'm thinking about this podcast and I'm thinking about leaning toward wisdom and okay, how can I be more of a shining star, which, you know, let's not make this all about me. It's about us. It's about you and your life and everybody in it and me and my life and everybody in it. And that, 
That includes you. That includes you in my life and me in your life to whatever degree we are. And how can we benefit? How can we benefit each other? And then I got to thinking about the origins of this podcast and as I am wont to do, reminiscing about sharing experience and sharing insights and sharing just, I don't know, experiences and whatever wisdom life has taught us. And sometimes the the lessons learned were painfully difficult and not terribly fun and not necessarily anything that you would want to, you certainly wouldn't want to brag about, but I'm thinking, okay, but it's one way to be a shining star. And I'm thinking about the future and I'm thinking about where I'm at in life. And I'm thinking about all these conversations that I'm having with people about all kinds of things, everything from Medicare to social security to retirement. And what do you want to do when you retire? And I've had so many clients in the last year, year and a half who are three years away, five years away from wanting to, to call it a day. Some wanting to call it a day completely, meaning they just don't want to work anymore. And frankly, many, many, many other people who are just wanting to stop doing what they're doing and they want to do something different. I know way more people who want to stop what they're doing. They want to find somewhere else to shine. They're, they're looking for another galaxy to enter where they can shine because they're just kind of tired of the galaxy where they're in. And I completely get it. I really get it. And then that's where this all took me. That's where all of this took me. It's a long-winded way to get there, I know. But it, it took me to this place of, okay, here you are. You're, you're 66 and a half almost. And coming up fast, coming up fast is Social Security. And this isn't about the politics of it. It's not about the amount of it. I'm, I'm blessed and I'm thankful that I had some decent years and Rhonda had some decent years and uh, combined together. I mean, I know that there are many people that say, yeah, you know, man, I don't, I'm not making enough to live on. Rhonda and I are in a situation where we can. We, that's just the reality of it. It's not a. It's not like it's an insane number. It's just that's our lifestyle. We've got ourselves in a position where, for us, the way of the world and for us, the shining star kind of stuff is we have put ourselves in a position, thank the Lord, that it's how life can be for us, Lord willing, and we're coming up on it close. We're coming up on it close. You know, for me, I will hit full retirement age uh, the 1st of November, 1st of next month. Rhonda hits it the 1st of December. And it's a living wage. It's a living wage. I'm not saying that it's an opulent lifestyle wage, but it's a living wage. We we can live and be fine. Um, That's not the intent. You know, the intent is still looking at, okay, the I'm thinking about other people that engage me in these conversations of, I don't want to be doing this. I want to do something else. In some cases, they've got a really clear idea of what that is. And in other cases, you know, they know they want to, here's this other galaxy where I want to shine and other people, they don't know. They're, they're looking for a galaxy. They're trying to figure out where, where else can I be a shining star? Now, my, the day job, and that's these conversations, these are clients, I, I just don't do remedial kind of work. Uh, the, these are high-performing people. So these are people that have been accustomed to being stars at work, and now they, they want to find somewhere else to shine. And it's just it's pretty stinking invigorating, i got to tell you. It really is. And, and I, as I'm looking at this draft of this, episode and I'm thinking about I don't know what I had in mind but I'm thinking okay what what do I what do I want you to get out of this that's what I want you to get out of this I want you to get optimism out of this I want you to get optimism that you are a shining star no matter who you are maybe you're not where you need to be maybe you are maybe you want to be somewhere else 
Maybe you're looking for another galaxy. Maybe you're looking for another orbit, a higher orbit, maybe even a lower orbit. Uh, you know, come on, the stars are the stars are all not the e- equidistant from the Earth. Some stars are far, far, far away, and some stars are not that far away by comparison. It's the way of the world. And I'm thinking about, of course, I can't help but think about me and Rhonda and what we're architecting and what we're planning. And I've had this conversation with an awful lot of folks in hopes that it can help them. And so, hey, why not? Why not? I don't know where you're at in life. That's that's the rub. And if you're young, I would tell you, plan for being old because you might. Lord willing, you will. Plan for being old. There's no downside to planning for being old. There's no downside to planning to be a shining star no matter who you are, and that includes no matter how old you are. There's no downside to being 40 years old and planning to be 66 years old where I'm at right now. What's the downside? The downside to planning to be 26 years down the road and be 66 instead of 40 that's better than not planning for it and i think best to plan to shine right i mean come on the ideal outcome we might as well aim for the best let's don't aim for the worst we certainly don't want to aim for the empty wasted life we don't want to aim for fentanyl alley that you see depicted in san francisco that that can't be our aspiration. And as I am wont to do, it just seems like I always seem to cycle back around to self-centeredness and selfishness, which is, I guess, why I'm thinking about our need to be a shining star for somebody else and for that to not be channeled through, I'm going to be a shining star for you because I don't care what you think. I don't care how you feel. I don't care about anything to do with you, I'm going to be me and I'm going to do me. Uh, it's just, <laughs> it's not the path towards shininess. I mean, that that is the quick path to living a matte finish life. Space trash, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a play on the whole shining star thing, but there's the contrast. Do you want to be a shining star or do you want to be space trash? Space trash is that, all that, crap that they jettison out into the ether as they're in space or a bunch of dead satellites that lost power a long time ago and they're just out there in space stuck in an orbit worthless wasted vain that's not our aspiration we don't want to be space trash yes we have space trash days but let's make it a day, just like last week I talked about a bad day. Okay, well, let's at least make it a day. Make it a moment. I got to thinking about last week's show. I hardly ever go back and revisit a show. For some reason, I revisited that show. I can't tell you why. And as I was revisiting it, I was thinking about this whole thing. I talked about kids, and I talked about raising kids, and disciplining and correcting kids and well how you just you don't ever see that today uh and we just you know so many parents of young kids think oh what are you gonna do there's just nothing you can do you know the kids pitching a wild-eyed fit and you just screaming and hollering and carrying on i wish there's just nothing you can do just nothing you can do and i was remembering when timeout first entered the modern culture see i grew up and there was no such thing as timeout my friends and i we did not know our parents had never heard of timeout (laughs) that was not in anybody's vernacular what we knew we knew spankings yeah that's right we knew spankings and we knew to say sir and ma'am and please and thank you and those are the things that even the, the rankest pagans among us knew the wisdom of that instruction. And that's pretty much what we were all taught. And if somebody wasn't taught that, 
man, did they stick out like a sore thumb. I mean, we all just knew, okay, well, you know, Johnny's dad, Johnny's mom, they don't pay attention to anything this kid does, you know, because Johnny's the most difficult one to get along with the crowd. We're always having to try to teach him something because he ain't learning it at home. We all are. Our parents are teaching us. They are instilling it in us, you know, whether it's with a belt or a wooden paddle or something, but we're learning. And to be fair, and I am, and my memory is not so jaded, we were not beaten. We weren't beaten. I would tell you that, because I remember having this conversation with friends, the times that we were spanked were few and far between because we knew better. But we also knew that mom and dad meant it. They warned us. They corrected us. They told us. And moms and dads just didn't put up with a bunch of foolishness and nonsense. And grandparents and older folks, folks older than our parents, well, listen, hello, Bill. They didn't put up with it near as much as our parents did. So we were surrounded by adults who served us incredibly well to help us shine. And that was the objective. The objective was for us to be the best humans that we could be. And I don't know if we pull that off or not. We clearly didn't do a great job of raising kids because by the time we turned into parents, well, now we had a bunch of experts enter the scene. We had Dr. Spock. That's right. No, not from Star Trek. <laughs> We, we had the anti-spanking thing, and we, we had this thing, this new thing called timeout. Yeah, well, that's the way of the world. Timeout. And what I very quickly learned is what timeout did is timeout created rage. I knew because I saw it. I saw it when we were raising our kids, and we were not practicing timeout. We spanked. That's right. <laughs> we spanked. But we had friends, and they timed out. And little Johnny's over in the corner. He's in timeout. Meanwhile, you know, our kids got corrected. Johnny on the spot, pun intended, and it's over. Correction happens. Bam, move on. Meanwhile, Johnny's over in the corner, and he's fuming. He is fuming. His punishment isn't over nearly as quickly as the correction for our kids. And our kids learned, moved on. Now Johnny's over there and he's just, he's, he's incensed. He's got rage. Because now for Johnny, the bad, the bad moment, it's prolonged. It's prolonged and prolonged and prolonged. Ours, it's quick, it's instant, it's on the spot. You know what you did? Don't do it again. And mostly, I'm going to tell you, they didn't. Ah, but that's the way of the world, you know, this, this timeout thing. And I got to thinking about that in context of today's idea of, of a shining star. And I'm like, how many shining stars could we have produced? Because shining stars are humans. How many shining star humans might we have produced if we had done a better job? And I look today, and I'm going to tell you, we're not producing hardly any shining stars today. Got a number of young parents and a number of little kids that are in various and sundry ways in my life. You just don't see it. You don't see, you don't see much correction at all. What you see is you see bargaining and negotiating and pleading. And you hear them, please don't do this. And we think that we're raising these two, three, four-year-olds to be polite. We're going to be polite. We're going to be, we're going to be nice to them and listen i'm all for being kind but are we going to produce a shining star are we going to produce a human that's a shining star or are we going to the title song that's the way of the world we're just going to let them grow up and be well that's the way the world works that's the way the world works now it's two conflicting messages from the exact same record, and I get that, and it's maybe just my take on it. Well, it is my take on it. But then I think about me as a 66-and-a-half-year-old guy, and I think about 
the people that contributed to help making me at least capable. I'm not saying I am, but I certainly feel capable of being a shining star and any capacity that I have, any capability that I have to be a shining star is certainly, it it was all predicated on the investment that adult humans made in me to become that. And without that, it ain't happening. It just ain't happening. Without that, I'm not the young man that Rhonda went out with when we were 18 in July of 1975, the year this record came out. And frankly, without that, she's not the girl that I dated. She's somebody different. She's somebody that's more selfish, more narcissistic, more pick your negative character trait. She's that. Man, did you hear that? I don't think I've I've got reminders. And they popped up on my screen. I don't know that I've ever heard that. In fact, I don't remember ever hearing that. I need to figure out how, how do you turn that off? Right in the middle of a shining star monologue. You get that. Sorry about that. Listen, the way of the world, I get it. Um, political correctness, I, I don't get it. Wokeness, I don't get it. The way of the world, I understand, but it doesn't mean that you have to go along with it. And I've, listen, I have freely said, and I, I will say on record here, the optimism about being a shining star, no matter who you are, is born out of faith. I do not know. This is just me. I do not know how you can be an optimist without faith. I don't. Because the way of the world is, you know, we just listen to every bad thing. It's calamity. It's it's gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. I mean, we are going to doom ourselves with global warning, warming. We, you know, we have got this oil crisis because the Saudis have, you know, they just at random decide to suspend production of oil. We've got economy to worry about. We've now got a presidential election to worry about. I don't care. I don't worry about any of that. I don't, I'm not saying it to make myself sound like a bad human. I, I just, I don't, that's not where my faith is. I don't have faith that the U.S. government is going to be my savior. I don't have faith that, I don't have faith in any of that. If anything, I'm, I'm not optimistic in those areas. I'd love to be optimistic that moms and dads are going to be raising these little ones to be shining stars, but I, I, I'm seeing it every week. They're not. They're not. They should be, but they're not. I'm hopeful that these little kids grow up, and I'm hopeful that they somehow figure out and find out that in spite of the fact that mom and dad did not serve me and did not help me to learn to be a shining star, that I can figure out what I need to do on my own. I'm hopeful that that's the case, but I know that mostly it probably won't be. Because I think about my life, and I think, how lost would I be in trying to shine if I hadn't had adults who loved me enough to correct me and make that investment in me and do for me what nobody else could do. There's your definition of leadership, a focus on others and doing for others what they can't do for themselves. Guess what? The four-year-old cannot correct himself. He doesn't have the capacity to self-regulate. That means as mom and dad, you have to regulate him or her. And if you don't, you're diminishing your kid's chance to be a shining star. I could be wrong, but I've lived long enough on the planet. I've seen it play out. I've also seen it play out where you do everything you can as a parent to give a kid the opportunity to be a shining star. And they are until one day they decide they're not going to be. Now, the sad reality is when an adult child with children of their own make up their mind, they're no longer going to be a shining star. There's not one thing you can do about it. You've just got to let it flame out. 
I'd love to tell you that there's something else that you can do, but there isn't. I see way too many parents, you know, posting things and, and it's usually some addiction issue. In some cases it's something else, but in most, most cases there's some addiction issue in play and the parents who lament who this kid once was. And I get it. I get it. You, you badly want it for them. You can't want it badly enough for them to help them be a shining star when they don't want to be a shining star. If people are intent on blackness and darkness and a matte finish, they're going to be a matte finish. And now you just have to decide what are you going to do to cope with that? For me, my coping is God created us with free will to make our own decisions. You can be a shining star no matter who you are, but if you choose not to be, God's not going to make you be. And if God's not going to make you be, well, I'm certainly incapable of it. So not much to do. I can pine about it. I can be sad and sorrowful about it. And I am, but I can't devote any real energy to it other than that. For what reason? For what purpose? I'm not going to feel sorry for somebody who makes a conscious choice to devote themselves to darkness instead of shining, go into darkness if that's where you want to go. Those of us that love these people, we can urge, we can plead, we can employ, implore all we want for them to not do it. But once the mind's made up and once people do enter darkness, there's another song, Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. I choose not to follow. I choose not to contribute. I choose not to enable that. And that's just, that's my option. You can make your own. But I look at all of this and I don't know, roll it up into one big ball of whatever this is. And the question still is, are you a shining star or space trash? And the stark difference in those two. The space trash is just in this fixed orbit or just floating, just adrift, aimless, counterproductive, taking up space, quite literally, contributing nothing, shining for no one. What a sad, sad place to be. Space trash or a shining star. A shining star where for me, as of January the 2nd, 1975, until the present day today, I've had this shining star in my life. I've got other shining stars, but when it comes to people, and that's what we're talking about, she's without peer. She's just without peer. Yeah, I got others. I got eight others, to be exact, who are also shining stars, you know, the immediate tribe. But even among those nine there's 10, including me. She's without peer. She's without peer. I'm doing everything I can to be in her life, a shining star without peer. I don't know about you, but 2023, you know, parts of the year have been just dog slow, especially the dog days of summer. Other parts of it have just really blitzed right on by. Um, I mean, the oldest grandson turned 16, got his driver's license. The youngest half his age turned eight. Um, and I look at the photographs, speaking of shining stars, you know, these little kids and now bigger kids, and, and you look you look at the progression and the growth. And I think about all of the effort that has gone in on the part of the adults in their life who are loving them and doing everything that we can to serve them and everything that we can to get them 
on the right path and send them into the right orbit and give them the proper trajectory. And it's like, where did the time go? But I'm pretty pleased, I got to tell you. I'm pretty pleased because out of the 10, five were kids, 8 to 16, and they're all pretty stinking special. And I'm super confident they're already shining stars. And they're growing and they're going to develop into bigger shining stars because we're committed to it. And the only way that we can commit to that as adults is we've got to commit. We got to be that for them. If we want them to be that for somebody, we better be that for them. And maybe for today, that's the elephant in the room for me as an old guy. I've learned that the old men and the old women in my life made me who I am. And now it's my turn, I guess. So there's that. Leaning Toward Wisdom, Modern Tales of an Ancient Pursuit. LeaningTowardWisdom.com is the website. Hey, go to the website. I got a favor to ask. Click on the link in the navigation. Something to do with support. I don't know. What does it say? Support me? Maybe. (laughs) Hang on. Let's just find out, shall we? Support. Show your support. There it is. Go to Leaning Toward Wisdom. Click on Show Your Support. I'm trying to raise a thousand bucks. A number of you have already contributed, and thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. I appreciate you. But if you'll go there, you can show your support. I'm trying to assemble a little bit of a video rig. Yeah, I'm going to start doing more video. Oh, you're going to want me to. No, I'm not going to show my face so much, but I got some other cool stuff I do want to show off. Nature. My name is Randy Cantrell. Greetings and welcome inside the L Studio. <music>